Hello, everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and joining us this week, Michael Huber. Hello. Ben Moore. Hey. Brandon Jones. Oh. And on the switcher, Ian Hick. Hey, everything looks blue. Yeah. Ooh, everything looks blue. <laughs> um, blue. Uh, it's time to play Recruit Me. This is, of course, a segment in which patrons of Easy Allies submit RPG characters to join our party. This one's from B-Ray. I am a bridge troll with a debilitating obsession with physical vanity. <laughs> I can destroy hordes of enemies with my fists and wield anything I can uproot around me, but lose confidence as I sully my wardrobe or suffer unsightly wounds. Finally, I require expensive beauty creams and dry cleaning services to maintain peak performance and to remain a viable romance option. <laughs> My name is Gromar the Luminous. Would you have me join this party? Can I hop in here? Oh, please. Sure. Um, I have never subscribed to the, the fashion souls type of play. I'm all about function. If my character needs to look hideous to have the best stats... That's what I'm all about. Also, this character's upkeep sounds extremely expensive. It's definitely pricey. Gonna break the bank. This seems like more trouble than it's worth. So I'm leaning towards no. Do we have any opposite uh, opinions? I have the exact opposite opinion. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, I do heavily subscribe to Fashion Souls. <laughs> it, it becomes very important to me as the journey goes on. Uh... I am willing to pay the upkeep cost because A, he has a fantastic name, and I'm really all about results. Hordes. And hordes of enemies. Hordes of enemies yeah. can uproot anything around him. Is what you said, yes? Yeah. Um, yeah, it just seems like a real demolisher. I mean, you could strategically use this guy, where if you're worried about him getting his, his wardrobe sullied, uh, you could just bring him in at the end to just kind of get the, those final few hits in. I, I think I think this is a workable uh, workable party member. Jones, how do you feel about this guy? I'm not feeling good, but for a whole different reason. Oh, I, I just he, I, it seems like he's overcompensating. Just talking about how many people he can kill. I don't know. <laughs> you don't believe it? We've never we we have we, we haven't seen it yet. Can we do yes. a test run? Because if it's not true, then I don't want to. Because somebody tells you me like the type the of truth style they yeah. fight with or the type of magic that they use that mm -hmm. intrigues me. But somebody being like, oh, whole battlefields it's with like, my fists. I don't know. I hear you there. I need like the kill count to upkeep ratio. <laughs> yeah, if we could get hard you know? numbers, I think that gold, would be gold mm -hmm. per kill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ian, how do you feel about this guy? What, what were his positive aspects again? Sorry. That he could destroy hordes of enemies with his fists. However, we do think maybe that's stretching the truth a little. Yeah. Uh, the tone of the, the requiring of certain things irks me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty creams. Beauty creams are fine. I, it's just the tone. Because I want somebody who we're lucky to have this person. Where this feels like this person's lucky to have us. Right. Right. Sure. We're I, just we're just gonna be a lotion distributor from now I'm on. Out. Basically, I'm out. sounds yeah. like we're out for Gromar. Uh, we'll see if Gromar survives at the end of the if, podcast. If Gromar comes back, yep. and and submits a YouTube video that lets us see it in action. Would we accept that? Yeah, I have to say, Ben, well, if you do not let the person in the party and they survive at the end of the podcast, they become enemies. Mm -hmm. So well, we know exactly what to we, we, we go for. Oh, yeah, you, you just kind of... So you're yes. telling me the other guys are going to get him. Yes. And they're going to supply the beauty cream. Yeah. If he survives, the chances are slim. Yeah. Hmm. So you always you're going to gonna swing that. the sword or, or, or you know, attack with the, the, you know, the wand. Think about going into the mud. 
mm-hmm. and just grab a clump. That'll do yeah. way more damage. Yeah. Okay, but I, I would like to see like a YouTube tutorial style like combo of uh, combat and makeup tutorial from the bridge troll. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, combo. Probably would have sold this a little better. Yeah. It is now time for corrections. Begin corrections music, please. You can open Overwatch loot boxes in Belgium. You just can't buy them. Also, wow. many commenters wanted to tell me that Belgium has a chance against EA. I was a little too pessimistic last week. They think Belgium can really do this. So please, I'll power to them. I'll wait. I'll wait until there's a headline that says EA kicked Taken out of Belgium. down by yeah. Belgium. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait for that. Um, it's Fritzy, not Fitzy, and the Danettes do in fact just raise their hands when they want to talk. So it's a radio show, Dan Patrick show. Okay. Dan Patrick is the host of the show. Yeah. He has a crew of people called the Danettes. Must be four or five people. Yeah. Whenever they want to talk, they have to raise their hands. And then he goes, yes, Fritzy. So imagine, Huber, imagine if this podcast is just me talking. And then if you ever you had like anything you wanted to input, you must raise your hand first. But it'd be different because we're all at the table together. Yeah. So you definitely get a sense of camaraderie from us being like at the same desk. Yeah. Or like he's got the only camera on him and they're all just in different yeah. areas of, you know, in the corner. I think they are behind him. I do think he has his own okay. desk. I can't wait for that early comment though. Early Once comment. you adapt this style, it goes, I don't know what you did, but this podcast is much better now. <laughs> yes, man. You know, like I can't imagine doing that. Yes. <laughs> yes, Jones. Uh, ooh, the new Magic School Bus. The teacher is actually Miss Frizzle's kid sister. What's her name? Nice. Uh, did not write it down. It's like Joy Diane. She's still Miss Frizzle though. Looking Tune forward next to next week. week's. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kate McKinnon does the voice. Uh, oh. Miss Frizzle does show up at the end of every episode to answer questions from people. Oh, okay, I thought you thought you were gonna say end of the season, and I was no, like, no. dude, spoilers. No, no, no. That's like uh, <laughs> okay. she'll show up. Okay. And what's funny is um Fiona. Fiona, Fiona Frizzle. So they're both Frizzles. Uh, Lily Tomlin does Professor Frizzle. Yeah, yeah, she's a professor now. The old nice. Miss Frizzle is now a professor. Too cool. Uh, someone who worked on the show sent in that correction, which I always appreciate. Whoa. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Love that big time. Uh, oh, we found out how. Oh no no no! You remember Blood was talking about Tokyo, and he was like using his little Jap. He was throwing his Japanese around the room. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Throwing his weight around. <laughs> uh, here's a com- here's a correction. Uh, Brad Douglas, who's global third-party relations at PlayStation, on a recent 8-4 podcast, good podcast, by the way, uh, said that the kanji in Kyo means crazy. So that new studio that was called 2Kyo uh, Games, uh, the, from the people who do Zero Escape and Danganronpa, um, literally translates to two crazy games. Awesome. Creepy mask guy on the cover. Oh, yeah, the creepy mask guy is on the cover of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. You're acting like it wasn't last oh, week. Cra- oh, wild. Yeah. Sorry. He's on that My cover. My bad. I'll own it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, we have no method of showing you what Ian shows us. I saw a lot of requests, people just saying, just show us what Ian's showing you. We can't. I mean, we could. It would just be a huge pain in the butt. I slipped one in last episode. What'd you slip in? I, I had to show the... Because we, we dug it up. I had to show the gif of the oh, of guy from School Bus getting his frozen in space. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, that yeah. I do make exceptions every now and then. Yes, but everything adds production time onto yeah, Jones. Desire Index we showed a couple times. Yep, yep. On that. Um, Don't count <laughs> Finally, I asked uh, last week what it cost to buy Kingdoms of, uh, Kingdoms of Amalur and uh, 38 Studios... IP. Do you have any guesses? How much it costs to buy that? 
You said a mil. I'm gonna say 18 mil. Five. <laughs> ben, you gotta guess. Three. And Ian, you gotta guess. Oh man. Uh, I feel like a million is. Did I say a mil last week? Yeah. It's really close. 900k. I was gonna oh, say like wow. 700. Yeah. yeah, that's what it costs. They're giving it away. <laughs> Apparently, well, uh, it was like steeped in legal troubles too. Yeah. Like, here we go. End correction music, please, because it's time for a new. Help us out, Hogue. Uh, I asked Hogue about this. I asked Hogue like what happened. Who owned uh, Amalor? Kurt you know, Schilling. Who was who was keeping onto it? Well, dude, he like ran out of money. Yeah. You know? He got liquidated. So uh, Hogue filled me in on that. Uh, uh, the process in which you have to go through buying Amalor. Um, and so we got a lot. We got a lot of information. Let's go. Let's tackle it, Jones. Who even owned Amalor and how did THQ buy it? Yeah. There are a number of different kinds of bankruptcy, but they can be relatively neatly divided into reorganization and liquidation. Or, said another way, the company is either going to try to make a go of it, reorganization, or that's the end, liquidation. I didn't follow the 38 issue the clo that closely when it happened, but it looks like in 2013, they ultimately determined to liquidate. Mm -hmm. When that happens, what is known as a bankruptcy estate comes into being. This Think of this in the same manner as a deceased person's estate. Essentially, the company 38 Studios goes away and is replaced by a federal entity, the bankruptcy estate, that determines through a bankruptcy trustee, a fiduciary, how best to sell the company's assets in order to get a maximum possible return for the company's creditors. Still likely pennies on the dollar. Uh, stop there for a sec. So I asked him about 900K. I was like, is that a lot? Was that the right price? And he was talking about the fiduciary, the person who who's, has fiduciary duty, how that person's job is just to make sure they get the most money possible for the thing that they're selling. I think that's a pretty cool job. Yeah. Continue, please, Johns. In December of 2013, we see that a public auction was held for the 38 assets, but it <laughs> appears that there were no bidders, or none that the court accepted. One Nobody stumbling wanted. block may have been in the fine print a purchaser may also develop ports, expansions, and downloadable content for the original title, but Electronic Arts has the exclusive right to publish such content. So, if you want to do Kingdoms of Amalur remastered, you can't. Only EA can. They, they've retained those rights. So, you got to wow. do a sequel. Yeah. Or prequel. Or so the, DLC. I didn't realize you could do DLC yeah. for Kingdoms of Amalur. So, the easiest way to monetize the assets in HD remaster is off the table until EA gets its pound of flesh. Since no one bought the assets, <laughs> oh, that's they nice. effectively <laughs> sat in the bankruptcy estate. Since they consist primarily of IP, there is likely little storage cost there. So, not a ton of incentive to move them from the court's perspective. Love that. So basically, the, the state sets up, owns it. So the state owns all of 38 Studios IP, just hanging out. And then until somebody, like they had an auction, nobody wanted it. And so THQ had to seek that out and offer 900K. And they had to say yes. That's nuts to it's me. It's pretty crazy. And they're still in debt from the money they lent to 38 Studios. So 900K is like, okay. It's like the best they could probably get for Kingdom of Zavalor. I don't know how many other buyers there were out there. But they're still in the, in the red for what they lent out to that studio. Yeah. Um... Makes you want to. Th it makes you think. Like, would just making a new IP be better? At the same time, you're getting a recognized you name for you know 900k. So you're kind of like worth it, dude. You already start Amalur? with a fan base. I don't. I know. really enjoyed Kings of Honor. It's going big. I, I would be excited yeah. for more of it. Hoke said it was okay. I was like, is that too much? He's like, no, it's pretty good. Yeah. 900k is not bad for for a, a game that did well. It did okay. Mm -hmm. Really curious to see what they could do. Also wonder yeah. how much. 
street cred THQ has for just doing this. They've done this a lot lately. Yes. And I wonder if they're seeing they're a lot of positive up, feedback dude. from people. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's kind of a Netflix situation where Netflix is just pumping out so much original it content. It totally is. That's a great and analogy. And it's like, you're going to be bankrupt. What are you doing? You yes. know, like they're not making the money back, but they're like, we want to be known as a content creator. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can find, if you like stand-up comedy, if you like, you know, anime, if you like, you know, uh, all sorts of different shows. We got it. We make yeah. our own stuff that I nobody think, else has. Jones, I don't think THQ does any anime things. So, well, you never know. <laughs> okay. uh, we couldn't have called Amalur, so we'll see where we are next week. You got to climb up the ladder. Uh, kind of uh, <laughs> along these lines, I then asked Hogue what it would take to buy other IP that's just sitting around. And so specifically I asked for Tiny Tank. I said, what would it take for Easy Allies to buy Tiny Tank? If you're not familiar, a cool PS1 game where you're a little yellow tank. Okay. You know the game? No, I very much do not. I was okay. wondering. I was like, yeah. did I miss the podcast episode no. where we discussed Tiny Tank? I was thinking. <laughs> I was trying to think of a game. I was like, what? What can we buy? What can we buy? Tiny Tank. Like, is, can, can I buy Tiny Tank? And so here's what Hogue said: Can we buy Tiny Tank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are probably familiar with this from years of reporting on the industry, but video gaming not has not always been good about dotting its eyes and crossing its T's when it comes to making sure it is clear who owns what and in respect of which property. There are a number of games which are locked up simply because no one can unravel who has the rights, and you can't afford to sink money into a project when people will come out of the woodwork with their hands out if it proves a success. See Kotaku's article on No One Lives Forever for my favorite example of this. mm -hmm. Looking simply at Tiny Tank, it is said to have been published by Sony Computer Entertainment, but produced by MGM Interactive, Mm -hmm. with development by And Now and Appaloosa, Mm -hmm. with any of those companies, some of which may not presently exist, having the baseline rights to the IP. Now, if you simply wanted to re-release the game, chances are you could just go to Sony, but A, they'd probably ask for more than you would like, and B, you couldn't likely do anything with the IP save but a re-release. Uh, see the example publishing provision that applies to EA's rights in Amalur, for example, right. unless they were smart enough to negotiate for the baseline IP assets as part of their publishing deal. Given the age of the property, you might not be able to find good documentation showing anyone's ownership rights at all, which is a long way of saying the whole inquiry process could make for a fun video or video series in terms of having talks with the Sony, with Sony's, MGM's, and Appaloosa's, well, sorry, with the Sony's, MGM's, and Appaloosa's of the world. But I wouldn't anticipate a high likelihood of success there. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. In the comments, if you, if you have a lead on what it would take for Easy Allies to buy Tiny Tank... Let me in. Hoke said like 250k is like the bottom line of like what it costs to buy it, the cheapest of IPs. But maybe Tiny Tank's cheaper than that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we could buy Tiny Tank. That'd be awesome. Yep. Easy Allies presents. It, what Tiny At tank. what price could we actually do it? It'd have to be like $3,000. So we could make a tier that we're like, we're just putting money into the tiny tank bank. Yeah. Yeah. And then like eventually once we reach 250K, we go and we buy tiny tank. We would tank. never reach it. I just want to see the trailer. Like, yes. We're bringing it back yeah. by popular demand. Sean Layton comes out with the tiny tank. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, what is this? It's a tank or something. I can't tell. It's and a real small is, tank. All we're capable of, of producing is like an FMV game. Yeah. So it's just like us. Like, in a, like We have like a CG tiny tank. And just we all like, wear the same cur- like yeah. general hat. We just keep changing it. That sounds pretty great. Yep. Uh, uh, by the way, Richard Hogue uh, is a sponsor of the Easy Allies. Uh, do not take all of that as legal advice. We always have to disclaim this. That, that was just a fun segment. Uh, but, of course, a blast. What a resource. Yeah. Thanks, Hogue. That was great. It's all fun and games until somebody coughs up 900 grand. 
tiny tank. And buys tiny tank. They're gonna sweep. Yeah, somebody's gonna get tiny tank next week. They're like, in. I'm a millionaire. I'm taking tiny tank, dude. Next week on the group stream, we open a package. Oh, tiny tank. <laughs> it's like a deed. It's like a signed deed. <laughs> I hereby bestow tiny tank to the easy allies. Turns out, guys, uh, been a big fan for a long time. I just had tiny tank lying around. Uh, didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's your lucky day. Uh, y'all remember my favorite way to start a podcast? Game announcements. Game Tiny announcements. Tank. Yeah, we're Tiny a little tank. deep in. We're a little deep in for this to be the start of a podcast. But yeah, we're just at the tip of it. Uh, Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct last Thursday. Announced a few games. I want to talk about those games in particular that were announced. Luigi's Mansion 3 is an announcement from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. How did they handle that announcement? They started at the top, which was nice. Jumped mm-hmm. right into it, which I appreciate. Going back and looking at the gameplay itself, it was just kind of like some clips and then a title. That's it, Jones. I'm mad. Yeah. I'm mad at how this game was revealed. Yeah. 2019, by the way, is the release year. Yeah. It felt so fast. It felt so fast. It felt so fast. You got to celebrate Luigi's yeah. Mansion 3. Mm-hmm. Think about all you can do with that trailer, you know? Yes. The possibilities. He's in a, a haunted hotel yeah. Yeah. that looks 50 stories high. October is Mario has us. been there. Yep. There's evidence yep. of Mario inhabiting this space. Yes. Where'd he go? We see his golf case and everything. Yeah. What if they're saving the real trailer for like Halloween? No. Like, no. I, don't, <laughs> right. I think this is... That flat denial. Uh, I think that wow. <laughs> outside of Game Awards is like the last thing Nintendo will announce of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see more Smash trailers or sorry, directs and things like that. But I think this was their last chance to announce new things. Got it. And so I don't expect to see Luigi's Mansion 3 until next year. Is the re-release out yet? No, the, on 3DS? Yeah. No, we saw some of that in the Direct as well. That's it is right. not out yet. Okay, it's coming. Yep. The fact that we couldn't tell what we were looking at when it started, we were like, oh, Mansion, okay. Yeah, man. And then it took like three or four clips to be like, wait wait a minute. Yes. This, you know, it looks just, good. Is yes. it? Yeah, it looks good, right? It looks, yeah, it looks good. You should see the hotel <laughs> you just first, can't tell, right? yeah. should, Like, this is huge. We still don't know who's developing it. I have to presume it's next level, but like nobody, they don't, they don't care yeah. to say. It's still a secret. Big long winding shot going backwards through a long winding road and ghosts popping out scary trees and then yes. just like the vacuum yes. in front of the camera. Like, Ooh, yeah. yes. You know, yes. Then it feels like, okay, this is a sequel. They're yep. announcing something right now. Whereas just he opens up the door. Oh, I'm here. Let's do it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Smash Bros. Ultimate gets eight DLC CG trailers. Yeah. Smash Bros. Ultimate gets eight. This one gets nothing. It's just yeah. like, Luigi's Mansion 3. Here it comes. But it exists. Yeah. It does and exist. How right. is that's, that? that's, like, that's exactly what I was going to say, Huber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, that is right. That is exciting. <laughs> I love Luigi's Mansion. I'm, I'm excited for Luigi's Mansion 3. Cool announcement. I'll never forget going to Brad's house. He bought Luigi's Mansion on GameCube before anything. Yeah. First game. Launch title. First yeah. The first thing he ever yeah. bought. For like first. It, well, because, yeah, like GameCube, you think about it, you know, it was pretty early in our lives we were young you're mm-hmm. kids it's hard to like save up money for a game like brad bought luigi's mansion with his hard-earned dollars <laughs> yeah it did not hold up as a launch title as as this is launching it as a mario game mm-hmm. and so it looks way better in hindsight than it was during that launch week when you got yeah. a brand new GameCube. you want to pr- play a new mario game and it's like it's this i don't ha- i can't yeah. jump it's like where the bad v- luigi vibes came from i feel like Everyone's like, I just want to be Mario. 
Like, where's my Mario game? That's been eternal, dude. I know, but it's just another chapter in it. Another, How about yeah, that? big chapter. Big chapter, chapter in the rivalry. Three. Yes. <laughs> do uh, do all Luigi's Mansion trailers start with him opening the door? It feels like through it. my memory, I feel like they all start like that. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, like even even the the GameCube teaser, you at least get the long shot of his shaky hand touching uh, the doorknob, you know. And it's just like it, this one, as Joan just said, felt fast. Felt like they were rushing through the announcement in a weird way. Uh, trailer design is important, but yeah, that's an exciting game. Another new game that was announced, and very little else. Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch 2019. Got yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, we did. Got we did. there, yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always doubting it. Yep, yep, yep. For listeners, there was a fist bump between Eternally Jones and Eternally doubting Animal Crossing. Fist bump. Initiated by Huber. No, reluctantly. Were you there, Were you eternally doubting Animal Crossing? Is that no, true? No, it's like we're going to get right? more Yoshi games. Like, he's like, I don't even believe it at, at, at now. Like, I was, as the months went on, yes. I began to doubt more and more. No wow. way. Yeah. Jones, you thought they we're, weren't making a we're Animal here, Crossing Jones. game for Switch. Uh, I just didn't know, yeah. I just, I, I always wanted to keep that thought in the back of my mind. Like, maybe they just don't care. Like, maybe they're just like... They're making just a lot of money on that mobile game. It's just not a priority for them right now. Mm. They've they've really banked on improving a lot of their series, even Mario Tennis. Like just make it like like I want to make sure that this game is better than the last game. I want to make sure this game is the 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 entry in this franchise that they're expecting that they want to have on the Switch. And we're just not in a place to really support that right now for this one particular franchise. Cause it is a weird it is a weird Nintendo franchise. Like they've they've done a lot of weird. It pops around at different consoles, and it's done weird things on some consoles. It's good. It's bad. It's good. It's bad. Wait, so. has it? I I sorry. I was under the impression Animal Crossing huge success on GameCube and on 3DS and DS. Did it have? Did it ever have a misstep, Jones? Uh, I guess maybe it's one of those series that I love, but not because it's like super popular. Like mm. I just found it and appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, um, but. So I didn't know if that was like it's just me that wants Animal Crossing. Like, I think you're totally I know a couple other a couple other random people I know online are also I, super excited I, about it. But I yeah. think you're right, Kyle. But I, in a way, I also think Jones is a little bit right in the sense that New Leaf felt explosive. Yes. Like, like yes, yeah. I agree with you. It's it has been really popular. It has done well. But but New Leaf just seemed like popular in a way that I had not seen for the series before. And uh, City Folk was a stumble. I didn't play City Folk at oh, all. You know, I didn't but I heard from a lot up. of people they did not yep, like yep, yep, City yep. Folk. Well done, Jones. Yeah, I totally even forgot about that game. Seems like a spinoff, right? City Folk was legit. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not a spinoff. Not a spinoff. All right. And I enjoyed it on the DS, but it was a it, it was an upgrade because it was portable, but it was a downgrade just visually. And, sure, sure. And it's the size of the screen. It was just like, it was nice to like have my own little town with me on the go, but... It was a game I was used to playing on the couch. So Jones, I do think, though, this game is going to sell better than Metroid. I, I think that a Animal Crossing for Switch is going to be as explosive, explosive as the 3DS version. I think, it's, more. I think it's I just think... a dynamite console for that yes. game. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, when, I, when I first like held this that system in my hands, I was like, oh, please. Mm -hmm. Please, 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 let me just wake up and like grab the Switch and just like run around just to eat. You know, Amanda and I eating breakfast. Like, we both got our Switches. And yeah. just, do your what are you doing? You got the, okay, up I'm going to send you, just like, get my letter. I haven't so, got my letter. I, I'm sorry, I'm at the museum right now. I'll get your letter in a second, honey. Sorry. Yeah. I, I already <laughs> get annoyed by my Switch's battery life. Uh, Animal Crossing, I think, is going to take that to another level. You'll need like the, uh, the battery pack. Like add on or something, <laughs> extra juice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can see you like walking around with a fanny pack battery. <laughs> just like. So uh, I too, uh, this one another strange announcement to me. 
announcing this game without actual gameplay, announcing it with a basically high high resolution versions of the 3DS assets, which was weird. Um, actually, I guess that Tom Nook desk was new, but anyway, just this isn't what the game will look like. We're just using these characters to make our announcement. It seems super early. It seems like we're not going to hear more of this game until E3 of next year. Uh, I don't I don't know the purpose of this announcement. I guess just to keep people give them yeah, the idea that I, there's more stuff coming. Mm, yeah. Speculation, sure. but I wonder if part of it is that Animal Crossing, even, like, you know how quickly Luigi's Mansion happened, where it was just like, wow, that was fast, but we we still are able to be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's in this hotel, it looks really, really good. I feel like Animal Crossing is a game that maybe you want to wait until you can go into all the details, because if you do a super quick look you might walk away being like, well, what's new? What's different? Like, sure, it looks better, but but Animal Crossing is really a game about the details, about all the little different decisions that you can make and how you interact with people. And maybe in order to get us to that point, they're holding off until they can really dig in. Sure. I don't know. Just a guess. Yeah, Kyle, what do you think of that, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to do that just because they've wait- they waited so long to get to this series with all of the different franchises that they're they're banging out on uh, the Switch, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like every time there's a new Nintendo console, we just break out our checklist. And we're like, okay, what are we, you know, we, we we have all the things we're expecting. When are we getting these things? Yeah. And it, it just seems strange to me to wait as long as they did. I don't know if that's just how it had to happen with the development of the game to announce it and then announce it this way. And I'm just like, yeah. okay. Cause, 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 and I feel like such a tool. Like, I, I immediately felt awful because I was like... How am I not excited right now? You know, like, how am I not, like, what? I should be thrilled. You know, I'm seeing videos of people that are jumping up and down. They're like, yes, we're finally getting it. And, like, yeah, I think probably more of me than not was, like, anticipating this. I was like, it's probably going to happen. They're probably yeah. going to be, they got this mobile game. Like, they're still invested in the series. You love the craft. so weird. Just you love like, the reveal, Jones. Yeah. You know? Even yeah. Metroid. Just like, oh, okay. Man. A logo. Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I think I get it. Why I not? Think just wait. It's fine. The, wait the, this long. It's it's weird, and I know it's completely different things, but for me, I think the kind of the the visceral immediate reaction kind of happened to me with Pocket Camp, where like I was just excited that it existed, and it got to a point for me where I just really was let down by Pocket Camp. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I wasn't having fun with it anymore. Uh, it wasn't giving me the things that New Leaf gave me. Obviously, I know it's a different thing, but even like on a smaller scale, it just felt shallow in a way that I think kind of tempered me on this. Like the fact that they just said Animal Crossing on Switch with a date, because of my experiences with Pocket Camp, I needed more. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they did, totally they did kind of exhaust my well of, of anticipation for that yeah. for this new Switch game. Right. With how much I was, I was like, I was so excited when that mobile game came out, and I was not expecting it to be any more than it actually was. But I kind of got exhausted <laughs> like going through that experience. And and it's just to me kind of unfair for Nintendo to, to criticize others for announcing games too early when it's just like, hey, where's Bayonetta three? Why aren't you showing that at this? Why aren't Why aren't sure. you showing Metroid at this? Why aren't you showing this or this? And so it it is weird to just stack on two more titles. Yeah, I think it's... Go ahead. I think it's pretty crazy, though, that, like, you brought up a good point about them just wanting to have announcements. Yes. Because, you know, you look at Bayonetta and Metroid and and now Animal Crossing and Luigi's Mansion, and it's pretty... It's weird to me that they're announcing these games so early and showing so little. It just doesn't strike me as something Nintendo would really Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Um... 
And it just does kind of seem like a momentum thing. And it's pretty smart because, like, as the Switch goes on, you know, you you announce a couple games every few months. You got to play that game. And it's like, oh, okay, it. Animal Crossing. Oh, cool. That, you know, I'll remember it. that. Yeah, I get I, it. I yeah. just think in this case, the and I don't know a better way they could have done it, but the way they announced Isabelle and Smash first and then Tom Nook kind of like half-ass announced the real Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> it was very weird because... We saw Isabel, and what you want to do is go like, yeah, Animal Crossing. But we, instead, we're all like, oh, yeah. but is she just in Smash? Like, what is this? What is this? And then she's in Smash, and then it's like it goes to Tom Nook, and you're like, okay, well, probably this is Animal Crossing. And then it just is, and you're like, okay, cool, yeah, all right, sweet, <laughs> sweet. You don't get that, like, yeah moment because mm-hmm. you don't Which, know what you're you looking nailed it. at. And you nailed it. That's perfectly what happened and that is the problem of those two announcements what's frustrating for me and i know this isn't the case for everybody but like on its own i am excited for isabelle and smash yes like yeah i don't think that's a bad announcement i think that's awesome i really want to play isabelle and smash i think she looks adorable as always but yeah it actually kind of made both announcements worse for me the way that they they had two things in that video that was nintendo preparing themselves for the backlash one was he's like be sure to wait till the end he said that before they started animal crossing don't bail (laughs) you know know. for people that are aren't not isabel fans but are into Mm -hmm. smash and are not gonna be playing as her stick around something else is gonna happen and like six seconds into seeing Isabel running around her office, it's like not actual gameplay. Yeah, it's like text pops up to be like temper your expectations, and like that's never what you wanted. That you wanted us to know. Same with Luigi. Like you want us to know right away what it is. Yes. And there's gonna be a gimmick. It's gonna be called Animal Crossing something. Yeah. It's not gonna be just like Animal Crossing on Switch. Or and so it's like, are they gonna go the ultimate route with um uh with Smash Brothers, where it's like a collection of everything that you've loved from the series, we're cramming it all into one game, or is it like? Now you're pirates or some, you know, just some weird thing. I would love that. I think it's just gonna be a bigger town. That's my best guess. It's a bigger Super, town with more things. But does that animal fear? Crossing. Now that fear is just gonna sit in the back of my mind before they finally announce it. Of like, what are you gonna do? Don't be scared, Jones. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. We have two other announcements. Uh, game Hope Freak Jones. announced a game. This is kind of unusual for them to announce a non-Pokemon game. Uh, they do it every once in a while. Uh, the Jockey one was their most recent game. Uh, what was that called? The Card Jockey. Yeah. It's really little racehorses and, and gambling combined. Like, oh, what is it? I guess racehorses already gambling. So imagine double the gambling. Yeah, racehorses and cards. Um, so this is, to me, like it, it's their first uh, 3D RPG. Like, you know, you're, you're hanging over somebody's shoulder. It's colorful. Uh, it looks like the entire game takes place in the town. Oh, it's Project Town, excuse me. We don't Project know if they're the town. The game, Big heads. Called. Yep, big heads. Uh, not too much announced about the game. Not too much, no release date outside of 2019. So we'll discuss that more in the future. Just kind of neat. That game Oddly freaks. into it. Yeah. I like the town vibe. Yeah. I like seeing, I like seeing things grow. Towns, man. I want to know yeah. about the economy. Yeah. Yes. I and uh, I guess it is encouraging to see more people at Game Freak developing a 3D game, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, cool I don't normally, when, when like re-releases come out, re-releases, remasters, when collections come out, normally we don't cover them on the podcast, but I think this one is special. Capcom beat up bundle. Was announced last Thursday, released today on uh, Tuesday. Uh, this is a collection of seven Capcom arcade beat 'em up titles, uh, two of which never have been on consoles before, uh, uh, for twenty US dollars. Pretty dang cool. Yeah, and a really quality uh, package uh, remaster, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, technically, you know, I played the Genesis collection, the PS4 mm. version recently. And it was a mess 
some of those games I couldn't even play. I was like, this is unplayable right now because there's so much slowdown. Uh, and, you know, we group streamed the beat 'em up on uh, Easy Allies. You can watch that. Watch us play some of these games. And uh, just ran like a dream. They, th- it's like that is Capcom at the top of 90s Capcom. It's just them at, like on top of their game, mm-hmm. just crushing it creatively with art, with with just uh, attacks. They because they're all the Design. same genre, but they yes. all felt so different yep. from each other. They all had some crazy gimmick, some yep. twist on the formula. And I I wonder if a lot of people will go through the same mindset that I had, and it seemed like you had the same mindset where it's like, okay, I'll, I've I've I know Final Fight, no I know Captain Commando, yeah. uh, I haven't heard of the rest of these, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, okay, do I do I really want to spend twenty dollars for all of these games that I don't know about? Maybe I won't enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But that ends up being to the benefit, as we yeah. saw time and again with every single game that we checked out. There was just so much personality, yeah. so much craziness in yeah. all of these different games that like go in and just enjoy the ride. Like it yeah. for me personally, that seemed well worth yeah. twenty dollars. Yeah. Especially if you're something. Like we kept with. discovering things, whether it was like vomiting as a plant monster or mm-hmm. punching dudes' heads off. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Great package. Yeah. Great package. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, Capcom's <laughs> been doing packages that I think are pretty cool, like uh the a- Disney Afternoon package, of course the Mega Man collections. This one to me still unique in that and I just I just want to see this ch- train keep going. I just yeah. want to go to that gallery mode yeah. and scroll through all that art. Yeah. Really really good promotional art for arcade cabinets, so fun. And it's available on all consoles, but was made the announcement was made during this direct, which I thought was interesting, yeah. especially since the direct got delayed. So I wonder if this played into they're like, okay, we're gonna push the direct down the road a little bit. Uh, like Civ and some other things appeared like felt like they were announced outside of the direct. And I wonder if this was they're like, well, we gotta have it before that day because it comes out like a week after days after the direct is done yeah i wonder jones i I think a nintendo direct is a good little boost for a game like this i think it helps to have that be your announcement have Mm -hmm. i don't know a hundred thousand two hundred thousand people watching live uh uh that's that's such a good immediate commercial yeah Yeah. so yeah whatever it took for them to delay it if if necessary i think that was the right call and the thing about a direct that's nice or any uh, video like this is so much of this stuff like me with animal crossing i just gotta sit back and wait like you know eight months, 10 months or whatever before I'm going to get this game. Mm-hmm. And like, here's another thing you might, you're clearly not as excited about as this other thing, but you'll get this in a days. Yeah. It's right here. That's you know. so cool. Go check it out. Anytime you can do that today, the NPDs dropped. I didn't do my research. I'm not prepared. I'm good. I'm ready. That's, that makes me happy. John's going to be asking <laughs> you a lot of questions. Me. I've hit like yes. four of these in a row now. So, Kyle. uh, NPDs, NPDs are my favorite thing are, of all time. Uh, US sales of data. All time. I love yeah. NPDs. <laughs> so Especially do you when like you- NPDs more than Shenmue? Okay. All right. <laughs> when, when, uh, check them really quick. I appreciate yeah. that, Ben. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's Huber's favorite podcast topic for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There wow. we go. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll narrow it. So, uh, we'll settled, it. We settled it. Basically, we look at hardware sales. We look at uh, software sales uh, in the U.S. only. Um, basically, it's not per unit. It is per revenue. So, you know, if you sell twenty of a thing, that's five bucks and things like that. Okay, we got it. What? This is so easy. Jones, I'm going to make you answer this. No, I don't know. You do. What is the best-selling game of August? It's always this game. It's always it's this always game. It's always this game. Every single time. The best-selling game of August. every time. Oh, of, oh Madden? Yes. Or, okay. Yes, Jones, okay. you got it, baby. Nailed it. Madden's still on top. That's All not right. what I was thinking. 
but I'm just going to go with it. Wait, really? Yeah. What were you thinking? GTA 5. No, dude. GTA no. 5 is just in there. Yeah, GTA 5 is never number one, or hasn't yeah, been yeah. number one in a long time. But uh, just the fact that it's in there. Madden always wins August. Uh, there are exceptions for like when they tracked it differently. But yeah, Madden launched. Uh, one of the best Madden launches since 2011, I believe, was the, was the day. Follow Matt Piscatella on Twitter. He just tweets awesome d- data all day long. Also, I did tweet this back at him. Matt Piscatella, scared of getting that platinum in Spider-Man. He's like, these challenges, I don't know. I don't so know you're if following him. You can do it, Matt. I believe in you. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah, don't yeah. have to get gold on any of them. It's super easy. Silver. All you need is silver. You, yeah. you need, yeah, one silver each. Yeah. Super. You got doable. that? Or I think he wants the suits. Or you can get all the suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You can do it. Uh, number two is hard to guess. What do we think number two is of August? Monster Hunter World. Whoa. Yeah. I, I wow. wish listeners could see the way Ben's yeah. face really? lit up. Yes. Really? Because it launched on PC in that month. Nice. That's, like, we that's were, PC sales. The world tendency <laughs> just shifted. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. White, world world, yes. white world tendency. White world tendency right now. <laughs> Can you believe that? Wow. wow really? The United States loves Monster Hunter. No. Awesome. They, they really? do. Yes. Huh. Very cool. Awesome. Monster Hunter World number that, two. Do you know what that... Kyle, do you know what you just said on this podcast without using words? Hmm. Good times are coming. Good times are coming. <laughs> Good times are coming. Number three is unlikely. I don't think anyone's going to guess this. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Number yes. three. They had a promotion oh, wow. that month of like a free weekend, and they also had like their esports thing that, that month as I'm well. I'm seeing new trailers for new characters. It might have been in the beginning of September, though. Yeah, they so, keep supporting it for sure. Okay. Yeah. I would say roughly every up. six months, I am reminded of Rainbow yep. Six Siege. Yeah. I play it for a day. I'm like, this is really good. And then another six months go by. It's so good. I wish I played it more. It's not to keep selling though, right? Like that's crazy. Yeah, but it's good. It's so much fun. The, the outbreak mode that came out was, was cool. I I wanted to play that with you, but it's right. Far Cry 5 make the list. Far Cry 5 in the 10. Not in the top 10, Jones. Because that zombie thing came out. I missed it, Huber. It was the uh, end of August. That zombie thing came out. Does it add things you can use zombies. for... Zombies. Oh. Yeah. So I got to go back to my, yes. <laughs> my Raccoon City is map. Is Octopath yes. Traveler in the top in 10? Ben, Octopath Traveler is not in the top 20. That thing sank. Whoa. All right. It so went from number one last weird. month. Okay. Just gone this month. That's, That's got to be one of the sharpest drops in yeah, BD history, right? like if they, yeah. I don't know if they track under 20, but yeah. like that's Jeez. Poof. Uh, number four was Huber's pick, Grand Theft Auto Five. There it is, it's still around. Yeah, <laughs> number four, top five always. You've had your time. <laughs> it's gonna be fun because like MPDs are gonna be. I shouldn't say fun. It's gonna be boring because Red Dead Two is gonna be number one for what like six months. You think so? You think should it's we, gonna be Call uh, of Duty? Should we place friendly wagers on uh, how many months in a row Red Dead will be number one on MPDs? Wait, didn't is we that already what you do this? call them now? Friendly wagers? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, not a bet, not a bet, not a bet. No stake, not a bet. Just no friendly stakes. wagers. Okay, how that's you, what they are. Got a bet. A bet has <laughs> ramifications <laughs> and stakes. Friendly wager, <laughs> just for got fun. It. You I can't help yourself. Just for fun. <laughs> I thought we already have a friendly wager about Call of Duty versus. Uh, uh, Red Dead. Man, I got so many wagers and bets. I think we have a friendly this. wager. I think this one's just a friendly wager. I don't think we have stakes on this. Good. But, but I believe Call of Duty. Well, outsell will, Red Dead? I do, yes. Do you know who I think okay. the 10th ally should be? <laughs> we should be like, hey, you are never going to be on camera. No one will know your name. You are the bet slash friendly wager tracker. The bookie. We have yes. a <laughs> easy ally. <laughs> bookie. <laughs> Mario Kart 8, number five. Number six. Is a game that came out August 31st. Whoa. Yeah. 
What kind of game could come out on August 31st and rank within the top 10? What kind of fan base would be so ravenous? Some kind of anime. You're on the right track. Some kind of One Piece game, maybe. Mm, it's not One Piece. Maybe <gasps> oh, Shinobi, Shinobi, Shinobi yes, Striker! Yes. Shinobi Striker! Yes. Yes. Porto, Shinobi Striker came out August 31st, ranked number six on the yes. NPDs. Wow. Feel good. <laughs> Does it feel, feel good, good moment? It's not a feel good <laughs> moment. That is the 3v3 ninja fighting yeah. game. 4v4. 4v4, excuse me. <laughs> How could it be 4v4? It's 3v3. It makes sense canonically. I know. I know. What were they thinking? They're, they're, it's not canon. Ugh. Don't even think about it. You know what I appreciate, though, Kyle? What? Is they tried something new with this game. They tried something new. And I got you, to respect you, you streamed it and liked it, right? Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible game. It was fun. If you like Naruto, if you don't, you know, you definitely have to love Naruto to appreciate the game, but well, clearly there's a lot of Naruto lovers <laughs> out there. I I should readjust my my expectations for uh, what's what's the Shonen Jump game? Jump Force. Jump Force. Jump Force is gonna be nuts. I really want to see yes. uh, Yugi in action. Yeah, yeah. that's I, what I want. I see. think Jump Force is going to sell like crazy. Anime fans yeah. are out in full force you in have, 2018. You have every anime fan. Yes. You have all of them. You captured them oh, all. Oh, man. Yeah. I really wish they just reported that in like a straight new style. Uh, so in 2018, the anime fans came out in full force and really changed the landscape of things. It's In 10 years, it's a CNN documentary. Just like, <laughs> And they never went back down. Uh, God of War, number seven, sticking around. Number eight. Mm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Why? Why, <laughs> panel? Can you guess why? Um, I'm trying to think how long ago it went on sale for non-collector's like collector's edition people. This it's is, been a while, this right? This is not the remaster. Oh, the original? Yes. Just Modern Warfare 2. Servers going offline? No. It's got to be some kind of event. Backwards compatibility on oh. Xbox One. Xbox One X. Got it. That makes sense. Whoa. So that was enough. Yeah. To get this in the top ten, Microsoft's making some fun plays. Yeah, I'm That's not saying to... I believe this, mm -hmm. but a, I, a sentiment huh. I have seen is that was the last good one. I've seen that <laughs> yeah, that yeah. thrown around. It's still a fun game to pick up and play. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I purchased a fresh copy of SSX3 when I saw how good that backwards looked. compatibility. Yeah, <laughs> backwards man. compatibility. It's like, a future game. Right. Uh, number nine, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Number ten, Super Mario Odyssey. Mm. As always, we do have to remark that digital sales are not tracked for Nintendo games. Those could potentially be higher, but they could potentially not be. Uh, well, no, they're definitely higher. Like digital ratio is like thirty to fifty percent. You know what I mean? Like they'd probably be higher. Anyway, yeah, uh, dude, I'm feeling bad right now. About what? We're out of the top ten. We're out of the top ten. Or is there one you're rooting for? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see how it does. Number 11, <laughs> Minecraft. Okay. All right, Minecraft. Uh, number 12, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy. Sticking around, wow. as we already said. Yeah. When did, what, five. what month did that come out on Switch? The Insane Trilogy? I thought it was August, wasn't it? So it must have been like a, before that. It was like a year after it came out on PS4. Was so it in July? June it July? was, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because we mentioned yeah, yeah. it on the July one, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Far Cry 5, number 13. Number 14, a game that released August 28th. It is. 14? It's not the game you think it is. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not? It's another Monster Hunter game. Okay, Ultimate. Still, yeah. It's even lower than 14? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> it made 14? It made 14. Dude, it was August 28th. Ultimate? Yeah. 
Pretty oh cool. Oh my god. Pretty pretty it's cool. Legit. Like cuz wow. So number 14 and number 2? Uh Three? number 2, yeah. Number it was two? number 2. Dude. Wow. Uh I just was worried because it doesn't have all of the the quality of life features from wow. Switch 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 wow. hype. Switch hype. Okay. All right. Number 15. Call of Duty World War II, okay. Number 16, Mario Tennis Aces. Number 17, Overwatch. Still not Number there. 18, Lego The Incredibles. Number oh, 19, no. We Happy Few. And number 20, The Crew 2. Where is Shenmue? <laughs> <laughs> that and Kiwami 2. Yeah, no Kiwami 2, no Yakuza 0, which came out on PC in the beginning of the month, I guess. Feels bad. I think Kwame 2 was near the end of the month. 28th, I believe. There's yeah. no excuse for Shenmue. That, sh- no that should be there. Is it digital again? Remember MPDs with digital sales? They track them, dude. That's, okay. how Call of, yeah. that's how Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 got tracked. It's too niche, Hugo. Uh, that's scary. It is scary. It's all right. Hey, three. It's already been funded. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you know what we need? That switch boost. Yeah. That's what Shenmue we need. Should have been on Switch. Should have been on Switch. We need switch. that switch boost. We, <laughs> we need that switch boost. <laughs> Did not rank. Ugh. Uh other snubs, WarioWare Gold, uh, Overcooked 2, Okami HD. Um Yeah, incredible selling more than switch. Overcooked 2 is yeah. brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's brutal. Uh, for the kids, for the kids. But again, yeah, Overcooked sure. Two probably did best on Switch, and again, we were not tracking digital sales on Switch, right. so that's probably that's where that okay. is. Okami HD actually, that's on Switch as well, so that was stupid of me to bring up. Shenmue One and Two, there's just no excuse. We don't know what happened there. Physical and digital. Release. People did not show I a, up. I had a really fun episode. Amanda was uh, sick last week, and she was just like on the couch, got the pillows up there, and she's just like, she's like, take me through the the, the Switch library. That I, I want to buy a game. I want something new. I was like, all right. It was just First fun being like, Okami? She's like, no. <laughs> like, <"Okami." laughs> like, There's this? Like, no. <laughs> no. Love it. It's not a drop in and play game. Okami's... Settle in. That's it. settle in. Yeah. We have a story to tell. What did she settle on? Moose Man. Yeah. Tell us what... Currently mo- available on the Nintendo Switch. Did she like Moose Man? Moose Man. Yeah, she dug it. What is it? Uh, you- it's very kind of tribal Native American vibe. You're... Um, uh, it just seems like a very mellow limbo, like you're just strolling along. And, this sounds awesome. And you can uh, go in between the regular world and the spiritual world. And when you do, you get like a little like like moose mask on and all these white like uh, iconography and like platforms will appear. So you can like walk on. You know, I was ready to write it off because of the title and moose tisk on me. That yeah. actually sounds really good. No, nah, yeah. they made a bad title. Chill. It's yeah. chill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moose man's not the type. <laughs> uh, when did we happy few launch? Was that August or was that the month before that one? It was August. I think August. Yeah, yeah it was August. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was number nineteen. Uh, uh, Switch was number one uh, for yeah. console sales, but mm. every single console is up year over year. Everybody is up. up, up. You like that? Sounds like it's podcast halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of September. Mango. Imagine betting. Imagine Betting is proud to help support the Allies. Every mattress is brand new and made to order. This means that they won't start producing your mattress until your name is attached to it. For a limited time, all mattresses are 30% off with code EASY30 on their website, imaginebetting.com. They are also doing a giveaway this month where one lucky buyer will be entered into a drawing to win a Nintendo Switch with an official Pro Controller. See their website for more details. Imagine Betting. 
Imagine good sleep. Hogue Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Hogue Law brings more than a decade of experience forming and funding companies, negotiating contracts, and everything in between. At Hogue Law, it's always business law time. Check them out at hoeglaw.com or on Twitter at Hogue Law. Sweet Justice, a sound design company from the southern shores of the UK. They've worked on some of the biggest AAA titles, the most refreshing indie titles, and collaborated with the best development teams in the world. Beaten Down Brian. L. Thanis. iKeyless. iKeyless.com is proud to sponsor Easy Allies. If you need a replacement car key or remote, use offer code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 30% off of your order. 16-Bit Psych and Broke Astronaut, two brothers who are budding indie game developers. Check out their games. Stories in Stone, an RPG about exploring an ancient world and forging a bond with your wolf. And The Adventures of Clive McMulligan, a 2D retro-inspired action puzzle platformer with challenging gameplay. And our mega sponsor, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. You sponsors. You sponsors. I like to save bad news for after podcast halftime. <laughs> oh. We got to talk about some bad news. <laughs> Capcom Vancouver has <clears throat> been closed down today. Uh, if you're not familiar, Capcom Vancouver is the studio who made the Dead Rising games since two. Two? Through four. Uh, and recently made the Puzzle Fighter mobile game that was shut down. And at that time, they said, okay, we're shutting down the mobile fighter game. We're going to work on the next Dead Rising project. And we all on this podcast like, cool, okay. For, so for sure, there's a new Dead Rising. S- not for sure any longer. That studio was closed down today. I want to read something from Capcom's press release. little chilly. You know, it's not... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so here's what here's what Cap- how Capcom explained this going down. Um... So, details of losses from the termination of development projects. Capcom Game Studio Vancouver, a consolidated subsidiary of Capcom, primarily carries out development of home video game software for markets outside of Japan. However, Capcom is currently reviewing the allocation of its development resources that support the production of world-class content. In consideration of this process... As a result of reviewing titles in development at Capcom Game Studio Vancouver, Capcom now expects to record losses from the termination of development projects of approximately 4.5 billion yen across, or sorry, under cost of sales and its consolidated financial results for the next six months of the financial year ending March 31st, 2019. So I wanted to say that first because Capcom's saying, okay, we're going to take a loss, we're just cutting them. Uh, that's that. Interesting that they say they make games for outside of Japan's markets. Uh, I guess they consider Dead Rising like an international minus Japan type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting that they... What I'm kind of reading from this is Capcom is high on themselves with Monster Hunter, with RE2. Uh, rightfully so, right? With RE7, uh, where they're like, hey, we make great games. And I think they were like maybe perhaps a little critical of what was happening at, at Capcom Vancouver. Dead Rising to me has been a steady decline. Oh, yeah. um, they're yeah. all I love the entire franchise. I enjoy yes. all the games, but each one has been worse worse than the last. 
So, you know, if that trend continued with Dead Rising 5 and they saw it, you know. Yeah. It's about, I mean, yeah. And the tricky thing is we want to, to the developers, to the people who was working at that studio, obviously we feel course, super bad right. for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we don't want to hypothesize too much. But here's, here's uh, the outlook. Here's part two of the press release. Regarding Capcom's full-year business forecast, due to factors including the continued robust performance of the PC version of Monster Hunter World, excuse me, Monster Hunter World, exceeding the company's expectations since its release on the Steam platform in August, following the blockbuster performance of the title after its initial release in January of this year, the forecast for Capcom's consolidated business results remains the same as what was projected in the financial results announcements on May 8th, 2018. Further, there are no changes to the amounts of the interim dividend of year-end dividends. Yeah, interim year-end dividend of year-end dividend that were announced on the same day. Uh, so, Capcom's saying, thank you, Ian, for the translation, $40.9 million. Say, like, hey, we, we're going to take a hit for $40.9 million, but we're making up for that with Monster Hunter World on PC. We're, we're straight. We're flat. Mm. That's nuts. So it's like they're cutting... They're just cutting it out and focusing on their other properties. I think basically so, at the end of the day. I, I think that's what we have to read between those yeah. lines, yeah. It's depressing. It's depressing. I love that franchise. Obviously, yep. like you said, people losing their jobs sucks. Brutal part of the industry. Mm. Yep. Um, but yeah, I... You know, as as brutal as it sounds, you know, with the, each game has been less than the last, and I can see, you know, with the success of Monster Hunter, Devil May Cry, Resident oh, Evil, Devil May Cry Five, all the, yeah, like they're they're god tier developers yeah, right now. They, they got a sure, lot I mean, yeah. of ducks in a row. <laughs> um, I I do, I guess, worry ab- about. Anytime a company rides a success too hard, and I'm yeah. not saying that's going to happen, just thinking about it, because there was, last generation, you didn't see it just from Capcom, obviously, but there was a, the, a strong focus to change things that we were already familiar with to appeal more heavily to Western audiences. Yeah. And that was like, kind of an across the board, just so many different series experimenting with it. Uh, a lot of them disappointed or or felt weird in some way and yeah i mean what they're doing with Mega Man, what they're doing with devil may cry uh definitely seems incredibly promising but you don't want like two years from now you don't want the conversation to be like man they're really trying to turn everything into monster hunter world and i don't exactly know what that would mean or how that would feel but anytime any company tries to homogenize like that it is scary and i'm not saying that's what they're going to do but i i think it is uh, a somewhat realistic fear. No, it's an interesting thing to bring up, Ben, because of that early 360 generation, I would say, mm-hmm. where Dead Rising did sell well, Dead Rising a huge success, and Capcom going like, oh, maybe we should invest more in Western studios. You know, like they weren't feeling so hot at the time with their Japanese studios. And so uh, they developed this entire Vancouver studio, right, to make Dead Rising games. It's so weird to see that shift that quickly. But as Ben said, that's that's the industry. That's 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 this business. Mm-hmm. They it's put weird. out four games, you know, or they did three of them. But still, yeah, that's awesome. You yeah. know, think about how long it takes to make a game, and the fact that they got three games out. 
Yeah. It's cool. I had to look it up. Uh, four, Dead Rising 4 was mm-hmm. just two years ago. That was 2016. Yep. Yeah. And then it just came out on PlayStation because it was Xbox. That's nuts. Yeah. That wasn't too long ago. I feel like they didn't give the team a long time to make a Dead Rising game. But, you know, obviously we'll never know. But I, I, Dead Rising just always felt like a franchise to me with, like, a target on its back. Where they're just, like, they, they got to turn it around with the next one, like Huber mm-hmm. said. And, and not because you put way more time into that. I played Dead Rising 3 a little bit. Demoed for it, like, Comic-Con, I think, for, like, five minutes. But I didn't play it when it eventually came out. And it just seemed like... With every game, they were kind of struggling for, like, what what do we want this series mm-hmm. to be? Because the first one was one of those beautiful games that I can't tell if this if the Dead Rising 1 is as goofy as it was planned to be or if it's just goofy. Like, I've covered wars, you know, like, that's just infamous now. Yes. And, like, when somebody wrote that line of dialogue now where they're like, no, he's a war reporter. He's a very serious character. And then later it's like, oh, wait, no. Oh, okay. This is a silly game, and you see, especially in three and four, like really doubling down on silliness. But then in two, you have this relationship with your daughter, and you're trying to really, you know, yeah, like help her survive because she has the virus. And just kind of, it just seemed like there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and they just didn't really, didn't really do something that really resonated with people. Yeah, they all have insanity, but yeah, the three, like again, I respect them trying to do different things. I always Mm, appreciate that, you know. And three was so different with like the car and everything and then four was all about just like using things on the fly like the mechs and stuff but then they tried to add you know some weird online co-op like things you do for loot and that's weird so like john's saying a little too many cooks christmas and four was interesting yeah you know stuck to a holiday you reviewed Mm -hmm. four and so Mm -hmm. you can you can really speak to this and and either correct me or affirm what i'm saying but it, it felt like they were just trying to sand down all of the rough edges in Dead Rising to the point where it was just like this indistinct lump. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I think the game industry, at least right now, is kind of learning this lesson where it's like, okay, it's better to just appeal to these people that are way into your thing yeah, ben. rather than, like, try to capture everybody. I think we're moving away Nailed from it. this, like... Let's just make an indistinct yeah. lump and see if it clicks. And instead, like, really doubling down on the things that make your Nailed series it. special. And so the people who care about your thing the most are going out there and kind of evangelizing that. And they're the ones mm-hmm. that are kind of bringing them in. Nailed it. Yeah, because three and then four especially, they hold your hand more, you know? Like, Dead Rising 1 is... A hard game. Yeah. You have to. If you've never played it. You're gonna screw up. In yeah, the first you run. To, you're going to. You're gonna miss something and yeah. forget to do something. You yeah. start out really weak. Like you really have to survive. There's yeah. the clock element mm-hmm. with side quests and the main quest. You can you can just outright fail the main quest early on in the game if you don't do something. And stuff like, like that works today. People like hard games today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like shifting back to that, mm-hmm. and you know what Ben said just about like. Appealing to those people. Yeah. What maybe would have been smarter. It'll be interesting to see what Capcom announces over the next 12 months. If they're going hard on AAA. Do, like, these Vancouver employees get to go to other parts of Capcom now? They said they're looking into it. Okay. But Hmm. no promises. And it was swift. A lot of the tweets I saw today were like, I found out too dead. I just found out hours ago that I don't have a job. That sucks. Yeah, because first the announcement was canceled projects, and then it was studio closure. So, yeah. Not too fun to what's, talk about. What's, yeah, sorry to just beat that horse. What sucks, is too, is, like, they're making, the, they're making the game 
and it's like you you wonder how much Capcom influenced it and how like if Capcom was telling them you know the execs were like telling them to do things right and then they they do it or they don't and then now they all get fired it's like we're just over here trying to make this game. It's so interesting to me in the press release. They're like, hey, we're equal money, though. Don't don't like don't let our stock price go down. We're equal. You know, we're straight because of how well Monster Hunter did on PC. It's just <laughs> so interesting the way that you have to think of your business mm-hmm. as a publisher. It's nuts. That's- and I, I, I do want to reiterate, like any criticism thrown at Dead Rising, any of the Dead Rising yeah. games is not a slight against no, these people. At right? All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this. Yep. unequivocally sucks. Yes, for them and I, I like deepest sympathies. That that is 100%. we we went through that kind of like a, on a smaller scale in a different way. But well, anytime yeah. I criticize a game ever, it's always in the interest of like I want to play the game with this added and have more fun and make a sequel. You know, fix the things that I think went wrong, and then right. then we'll we'll have a great game. You'll sell more, and you want it to be happy. Yeah, especially that you know zombie survival. Like, love to recapture that. Be interesting to see if maybe another dev doesn't obviously pick up the, the series, but maybe does something similar to Dead Rising. Maybe we could buy it. Maybe we could buy it. Such a smart move. More Dude, than 900 Back grand, to the sure. mall in 4 and back to Frank. It was like set. It's hard, man. It's hard to recapture something. Uh, before we go to Love and Respect, really quickly, I wanted I want to cover this. Uh, it's not like a headline. It's not something that's a news feature, but I've always find these time capsules, these moments interesting. I feel like within the last two weeks, there's a huge turnaround on public opinion of Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. Yeah. 180, dude. <laughs> so it's not like everybody's feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's worth remarking about. It's huh. crazy to me. I mean, I, I went through that personally. Like, <laughs> okay. kind, kind of in a this way. This is great then, great. Uh, yeah. Because I... I played the the multiplayer at E3, and I was like, yeah, whatever. However Blackout ends up being, I don't need another Battle Royale. I guess I'll check it out. Maybe it'll be cool. Like, kind of a wait-and-see approach, but there was no, like, aggressive enthusiasm. I was like, the multiplayer is enough for me right now. I checked out Blackout. Like, I was interested in it. It was just curiosity, and then I just kept going back because I was having a good time. So, yeah, to everybody who doesn't know, Blackout is the Battle Royale mode yeah. mm-hmm. of Call of Duty. It was huge over the weekend on Twitch. People playing it. Uh, ben, it's good? It's a good Battle, Roy- battle Royale? Yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitant to, to like really sit here and be like, yes, definitively, my stamp is down because it's, it's a beta. You know, I played however many matches and I'm not a battle rail expert, but I had a really good time and I want to play a lot more of it. Like I can say that. That's what matters. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like, yes, it's, it's the, the pinnacle of this genre, but there are just so many small little decisions, but really the ultimate thing for me is it's like, you have the good ideas of battle Royale and the awesome movement and shooting of call of duty. Like there's just kind of this smoothness to it. Uh, that I think just kind of heightened the whole experience for me. Uh, Johns, you looked at me and said, yeah. What, what, is, what were the signifiers that Call of Duty has changed over the last two weeks? Just social media, just seeing people turn around, starting post, posting clips, and, and like really being able to tell just from eight seconds, like, oh, nice, like, cool move there, you know? Like, even, even stuff that wasn't a kill, that was just like guy driving an ATV off a, off a bridge 
wingsuiting off of that and then landing on, you know, like exactly where he wanted to land. And they would tweet out. He's like, oh, the movement in this is so buttery smooth. Yep. And, and I think that's the crazy thing. Uh, and I hope I kind of said as much in the past when we talked about we were kind of iffy about Call of Duty is that I just had no idea about Blackout. Like nothing. Yes, like right. they had a huge event and we didn't know anything. Like they, they, they showed kind of like an, an idea. I think one of the biggest things I took away from their event was the skyscraper. It was like, well, that's crazy. That's not in Fortnite. That's not in PUBG. Just a multi-floor. And in the trailer uh, that they were, the gameplay trailer that they released before the beta went up, uh, they make a point to go like up floor two, floor three, floor four, show up that like these people are, you know, scaling either by staircases or ropes or helicopters or, you know, um, like th- like imagine if if the circle closed in on this one building and just all, you know, 40 players go rushing this one Place. I got, like, I got to unique. watch a little bit. What I love is uh, Nuketown Island. So Nuketown, I've, I think since Modern Warfare 2, is that when they introduced it? I don't uh, remember. Black Ops 1. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a Black Ops tradition. Yeah. Um, it's cool, cool multiplayer map. It's like in this huge map, like yeah. Nuketown. And it even has that beneath cool. it, there's like a cool bunker where there's like, you know, activities, a little like a kitchen area. So like an actual like nuclear bunker. And just to have these details, the, these fun Call of Duty staples to be part of this giant map. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of cool. To discover also, you know, yeah. as a big fan, you know, yeah. to, to jump in and, and discover something physically, not because it was released in a gameplay trailer or it was teased heavily from developers, but, like, I got in there and saw it with my own eyes probably and, right uh, before I got run over or shot. And, Kyle, uh, <laughs> I was on the podcast where we were before the Blackout Beta came out, and, uh, boy, was that, like, another lesson. Like, you just you do these podcasts and you learn a lot. You learn how easy it is to be cynical and how much that cynicism can make you look like a big idiot. Because I remember us... Oh, I've railed just, on Call of Duty more than anyone this just, year. Just, like, <laughs> slamming the zombies and, like, oh, they're adding zombies? Really yep. cool. Like, just just d- d- a level of snark that ended up being completely not justified. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, my God, the zombies are the most amazing thing ever. But the, the, the way that they do them at certain spots to make, like, valuable stuff just, like, a little bit more chaotic to get is, is cool. So and not, it's like there's an item drop and there's a zombie next to it? So, like... There's this there's this one building where there's like the Black Ops Zombies mystery box and there are zombies protecting it because that can be a very powerful thing. You so it's get... just one part of the map. No, it's multiple parts of the map. I'm okay. just using one example. Got here. it, got it, got it. Um, and so it's like, oh hey, I want to go get that mystery box. Me getting to that mystery box is going to be more challenging than just running up and hitting the button. I got to deal with these zombies and then realize that as I'm dealing with the zombies and they they take a lot to go down. Oh, I'm drawing all of this attention. It's just like this good flashpoint of activity that makes it more exciting to play, and is exactly what mm-hmm. you want in a battle royale game. Yeah, like so. one of the most one of the things I've wanted the most in Fortnite is a PVE element. That's yep. exactly what that is. It's really, really cool. Right, and it would be lame if it was all over the place mm-hmm. or felt very haphazard, but it doesn't. It's like, oh, no, like this. This is why this is here. Okay. Uh, yeah. quick scuzzy point. A little scumbag point. Mm. Activision had a promotion, clearly paid some huge streamers who don't normally play Fortnite to play that game, to play uh, Blackout over the weekend. Do we know how much well, paid? I no, mean, you have no idea. And so, like, I think it's the right call. I think that is the smartest way you can spend your advertising dollars. But this is sure. not Especially unique to yeah, yeah, Black yeah. Ops 4. Right. There were sponsored streams for, for Dragon Quest Eleven And Battlefield Five. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, I mean, this is, this is happening all the time. Yeah, I think it's the smartest possible thing. Yeah. I, I think that that you just have you know five hundred thousand people watching your game and watching highly skilled people having a fun time with your game. Yeah, 
what could, more could you ask for? And they nailed it, too. It was the one-two punch. They came out with the trailer first. Mm-hmm. And on social media, I was like watching it go down. And everyone was like, dude, this is awesome. This is awesome. So I was carrying that momentum into the beta. And everyone got their hands on it and got to play it. And yeah. everyone unanimously is like, oh, my goodness. Right. It's not, it's not a sucky game. It's not like they're pretending to have fun because they're getting mm-hmm. paid. Yeah. Yes. It's- and I think your average you know, stream viewer can sense that you know if you can tell like okay like this person's a little too excited about this or i'm not like they seem excited but i'm not really into what i'm looking at and again like a lot of the clips that i saw again just some guy like sniping a guy in a helicopter miles away just like oh that feels good and you can hear it as like i can't believe i did that you know it's it's great regardless of what i'm gonna play this game or not you know it's fun to know that exists and people are getting excited about it discovering it no skin in the game nothing (laughs) no expect like just, I loved it. I didn't expect it. Yeah. If you would have told me like six months ago, hey, you are really going to be excited to play the Battle Royale mode in Call of Duty, I don't know if I would have believed you. It's, yeah. It was fun. It's it's going to, I think, be the primary factor of why that game is successful. This Absolutely. Year. Yeah. And I really love Vondahar from uh, uh, the multiplayer team. It's just so unapologetic. Is he the guy with the beard? Yeah. He's, yeah, okay. he, now this now guy I'm just does not. Yes does not he does not change his opinions for anybody he is extremely confident in that team's ability to make a good game and it's been really fun to see him i love his like going to going to bed tweets where he's just like all right i'm out i gotta <laughs> gotta get sleep but i'll see you all tomorrow like like we got a bunch of great notes today stuff we can fix he is just not satisfied until it's perfect and it's been been fun to see him kind of like a kid you know just like it's just so wild unlike any beta we've ever done and yeah and there's so many different things we can tweak and stuff we can add and and uh, it's a big team, a lot of money. It's kind of like an epic situation where it's just like, I'm sure, you know, as cool as it is now, there's all sorts of stuff that they can just drop in there and, and try it out. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's, I think streaming changes things so dramatically. Mm-hmm. If you remember streaming, the concern at first was like, oh, you're going to ruin our game. Right. You're going to stream our game and people yeah. won't buy it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like just the opposite right now. It's yeah. please stream our game so people will be encouraged to buy it. It's- I wonder if the concept of Battle Royale would have taken off were it not for streaming. Ben, I don't know, dude. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's such a compelling stream. Right. Yeah. Yes. It streams so well. It streams so well. It, I, it I just seems just like, well. yeah. it seems like the desire to be that victor is just completely coupled with the desire to tell everybody that you got that victory. Yes. Each match has a narrative. Yep. Yeah. Inherent. Everyone can follow. Yes. I mean, it's like the exact opposite of what you said their expectations were. And I think there are still some get Walking Dead, you know, like season, the final season now. It's like, no, don't stream that. You know, it's like. Is that what they're saying? Well, I mean, just the attitude of like, there is a singular, not linear, but like, there's an experience that a lot of people will share. And we want that to be something that they share, they can experience by themselves and then share with their friends or talk about later. Please don't spoil stuff. Like, I did the Spider Man review and there's like very clear guidelines like, do not stream this, don't show this until a certain date. Sure, sure. And it's like with Blackout, it's almost like this is exactly how it should be. Like, this is what they want. Yeah. It's not like, oh no, we're going to hand that game over to our audience and then we don't know what they're going to do. It's like, you guys are probably better at this game than we are. Go, you know, like have fun with it. Go nuts. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn so much from this weekend. You know what's weird? Uh, Tomb Raider has like a streamer layout. It has a little timer in the bottom right-hand corner of how long you've been playing the game. It has a percentage in the lower left-hand corner of the, your completion rate. So like, they're even Shadow of the Tomb Raider is even yeah. considering like we want people to stream our game. Let's make it as as easy as it possibly can for them to do that. It's nuts to me. And you're just seeing more Twitch integration in the game itself. Like Dead Cells 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Huge what does Dead Cells do? Dead Cells has this mode where you can have like your audience interacting with the game, both mm-hmm. with like uh, like words popping up and they can actually affect how you get things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, enemies and items, they can like influence more or less. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I love playing over. I think it was overcooked. The first one had a thing on the screen that was like, there's no limitations. You can stream whatever you want from this game. Capture any footage. Go nuts. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sure legally that was like smart for them, but I, I, it also seemed like kind of a stab at, (laughs) or just a poke at some other devs. We're like, we don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe compared to other people. I get it. Go nuts. I get narrative based games. I I get why you wouldn't surprise that Tomb Raider is way cool with it. It is now time for love and respect. Love and respect. This one, uh, I think we can answer quickly. I have a preloaded answer for this question. Let me get into it. Greetings, allies. I am extremely late to the PS4 party. My wife and kids surprised me with a pro this past Father's Day slash birthday because for years... I've been an Xbox owner, wishfully longing for PlayStation exclusives. Once I played the Spider-Man demo at E3, I spoke so highly of the PS4. My family lovingly blessed me with the amazing gift, and I'm finally catching up on so many games I've wanted to play the last 10 years. Since June, I've completed Uncharted 1, 2, and 3, and The Last Guardian, and I'm roughly 20% through Kingdom Hearts, 56% through Spider-Man, and I have Uncharted 4 and Horizon Zero Dawn still wrapped in plastic, and, of course, Shenmue, thanks to Huber's enthusiasm, which I love so far. Therefore, my question, finally, is what essentials should should also be on the lookout for uh, with my new favorite console, love and respect, McClung. Shadow of the Colossus. Toss to Ian. I mean, yeah, Bloodborne <laughs> uh, and God of War. The the, King, of War. the Kingdom Hearts makes me think he he is he is not averse to RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Persona Five, Dragon Quest Eleven. Mm-hmm. So so my preloaded answer was like hold hold up. Add nothing to your list. Oh yeah, no. Oh. I mean, you're, you know, you, you got a good 160 yeah, hours yeah, stacked. What, yeah, I was con- I'm concerned for this yeah. person. It's yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, think yeah. about it. But yeah. think yeah. about it. Right, like, right. yeah, you you feel you feel behind. You get this mm. system this far in. You're just excited. You just yeah. you just wanna you just wanna get out there and grab those games. I get uh, that. Yeah, I think you can Feast. slide a little journey in there. It's not gonna upset Journey's your schedule too much. Yeah. Journey's a good one. My Holds advice up still. is pump the brakes. <laughs> My advice is buy no more games. Do not have a list that you add more games <laughs> to. If your yet. family's in a buying mood. <laughs> get on uh, it. Chop, My chop. advice is disable the brakes. <laughs> yeah. So even if you want to stop, you can't. Clip them. Think of it this way: like God, he know. got the PlayStation 4 Pro as a gift, right? So yeah. that's 400 bucks he didn't spend himself. Right. So that's a good. Well, he's already breezed. You're sounding that. like Capcom to me right no, now. No, he's already. He's. I think they've already spent that money <laughs> on these games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you just. I, I would like Bloodborne, obviously, though. Like Bloodborne, you're gonna yeah. love that game. Uh, I, Last I, of Us remastered. Oh yeah, number oh, one. I just yeah. did if it. You're catching up I did on it the this year. Ten years. Yeah. yeah. I played that this year. I played Left Behind finally. Left. Mm, so yeah. yeah. Last of Us mm. is essential. Yeah. And if I, you like Bloodborne, Dark Souls Remastered. I, too, oh. I feel way too guilty adding to this poor person's list, though. Hey, no, they can, they no, can keep a all. list for later and not purchase right now. I yeah. think even having a list gives you anxiety. It does oh, for me. This uh, person doesn't seem playable. Yakuza that. Zero. Put that all on of the them, list. All the Yakuza's. Sure. No, 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 zero. No, no, zero. We're stressing them out. Please. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> he asked. <laughs> Just throw them all in there. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah, because he's here. And you're like, wait a minute. Everyone. Because <laughs> he didn't say anything about Spider-Man, but if you like that demo, I mean, he's going to be. That's oh, gonna, no, that's 56%, gonna be 56%, 56% through Spider-Man. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Nice. something that I'm forgetting zero. that I'm going to beat myself up over as soon as we're done. There are enough. There's just yeah, of there's too, many. There's yeah. too many games. It's time for bets. <laughs> Next week's bet is about... Ooh. What? Uh, Valkyria Chronicles Remastered is a good one. Very good one to put on that list. No. It is. <laughs> and no. Diablo 3 is no. good for yeah. your family <laughs> on there. Puyo Puyo Tetris, good multiplayer. Well, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of exclusive. He's, he's had an Xbox. Yeah, he's sure. been, had access to some of these. Um, it's time for bets. Next week's bet is about Valkyria Chronicles 4, uh, which releases Tuesday, September 25th. How many guns will be on the back of the box? To everybody who sends me pictures of the back of the box on Twitter, thank you. What I need this time is for you to send like individual pictures of the guns because Twitter compresses the pictures too much. And then I'm looking, that's blow your mess. I don't know what's a tennis ball or not. So basically, yeah, but then how are you going to know how many they're like that could get confusing? Well, no, I mean, if they if they like take pictures of just the just the guns. Right. But they could leave some out. They Don't could. leave them out. Don't leave them out. What they should do is send you a link to like a, a full res image shared on Google Drive. They something. frequently don't exist. Those full res images of the back of the boxes on day one. Oh. They're hard to find. Jones, how many guns on the back of that box? Seven. Ben, how many guns on the back of that box? Five. five. Just so you know, Ben put that number. Up. We all knew he was doing five. Huber, four. That's right. You knew. <laughs> And because he did five, you knew. I, as well as Jones, did oh. seven. Yeah, I'm mad you did seven, too. Ian, yeah. how many guns on the back of that box? I got the high end. Nine. Nine. Ooh. Okay, let me lock those in. Wait, what? we what? lock them in again. I wasn't cut hmm? to you. I cut you to Ben by mistake. Oh, you got the list. Okay. Oh, there we go. We are a team. 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 Our hearts are united. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider's normal people release date was Friday, September 14th. <laughs> Uh, what will the trophy percentage be for Komate Lama? Pet five llamas. This was last week's bet. Uh, trophy you get for petting five llamas. I'm going to guess, because that's such an obscure one, I'm going to mm-hmm. guess that that is like 4.8%. Okay, we'll wow. see how we do. We'll see how we do. Uh, Jones bet 31%. Bloodworth bet 64%. Brad bet 13%. That's a good bet. 64%. Boy. I bet 39.5%. Ian bet 39.2%. Actual <laughs> percentage, 8.7. Yeah, it yeah. It's an obscure good one. Bet. Well, here's the thing. It's weird. Here's the thing. I feel like Brad misled us. <laughs> apparently, the apparently llamas are late game. He could have told us that. Oh, insider knowledge. You reviewed it. But yeah, yeah. But we asked him. We straight up asked him, like, Brad, how many llamas in there are there in the game? He's like, I don't know. I, I pet, I pet like three or four. It's like, okay, okay. So, <laughs> he said like two. He's like, I saw two. Yeah. We, I didn't know it was at the end of the game, Brad. <laughs> sneaky man, sneaky man. Ultima. That brings it doesn't our- seem malicious. I can imagine Brad not giving. Yeah, the time of day for any llamas in that right, game. Right, like he at thought all. maybe out of his be llamas. I mean, yeah, the game. I think he's like I think whatever. that is something that you could play and not even yeah. be aware of. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, funny YouTube comment from that bet was like, "This is why I hate trophies because now people are only petting the llamas for that trophy or yeah. achievement, and so it kind of like ruins a cute little moment of the game. It's mm. like they're petting for the wrong reasons. I think that's actually an interesting comment. They should make it. I mean, one pet one because then when you do it. It's like, oh, cool, paying the Oh, trophy, too. Yeah. It's not like some weird 
You pet five llamas for the trophy. <laughs> there are bigger things to get upset about. People are petting llamas in a video game. It's not a bad thing. Let them pet the llamas. Uh, Red Grouse now has 11 points. <laughs> Gorgeous Gorilla has 19. Droopy Eagles, 11. Switcher Snakes. See about the llamas. Six. Uh, that's it. Um, Damn. Yeah, John's worth three away from having to combine. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Oh, no. Yep. Feels good. You know Do what? You I, become a new thing. You guys We become a team again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We become a team again. If, if have to arm you surpass the total of our scores. The droopy grouse. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I think I have to be a droopy grouse. Wait, dude. that's if the gorgeous gorillas are beating you too much? If they if they are beating the combined score of myself and Jones, ah. yes. Awesome. Um, so you guys way, aren't doing great. Interesting fact <laughs> no. is Damiani of those 19 points is eight of those. Damiani has Damiani's been bets. nailing the bets all year long. Damiani thinks real hard about everything. I think yeah. I think <laughs> there's that secret sleuthing. Yes, that's some sleuthing skills for sure. Yeah, um, professional. Let me tell you a little bit about <laughs> patreon.com slash easy allies. I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast when we talked about uh, uh, submissions to recruit me. Uh, but even the love and respects are submissions from our patrons. If you give the easy allies $5 or more a month, you get this podcast two days early. You get to submit to those segments. Uh, but there's many other things that are worth checking out at patreon.com slash easy allies. I got one. Please, Jones. Uh, you might not know this, but we are actively searching for a studio. I we, know that. We, we are we are uh, planning on making a move, uh, and that is something that we are able to do because we surpassed our 50k goal, which we had from the moment Easy Allies started. Uh, it was just kind of a big, lofty goal in the distance, uh, shining on the horizon. And we got there, and it is a big, long, laborious process of dealing with real estate agents and landlords and uh, accountants and tax people and all sorts of fun stuff to like. Finally, you know, like actually cement a place. And we're, I'm getting a lot of messages from people who are like, I just don't hear many updates. Those updates happen on patreon.com slash allies. $1 and above. You can check out Cup of Jones, my weekly show. We talk about it every week. Just the real tiny stupid details over uh, made an offer on this place. Talking to real estate agents about this or that. So if you're curious about developments of that, you, all you got to do is it's it, like and don't be intimidated. It's a it can be a two hour show. But the first 10, 15 minutes, I always just go directly to the most important items. That's cool. I like business. That. The it will not on. be one this Thursday when it usually is, but it'll be back next Thursday. But you are uploading a video to YouTube. Uh, Correct. About that same very. I'll have a little of, update. Uh, yeah. yeah. This Thursday. Because that's a big thing for easy allies. Huge. The biggest. The, biggest. the next couple <laughs> the months biggest, are going to be yeah. nut. See nut balls. <laughs> <laughs> Nazi nutballs. Kyle's. Face. I wanted to say nutballs, but then I like, held back. Oh, really good you can say that. <laughs> it's, it's you know no judgment. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> we have to see if Gromar survived. Here we go. Oh no! Please, he's dead. <laughs> Every time. Dead. Every single. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that troll being dead. It's fine. Like he just, got yeah, somebody pantsed him. He could, yeah, like, he got as Ben said, like I was nervous to have that one as an enemy. Yeah, it's it's for the best. You would have come back bitter. Yes, and beautiful. <laughs> Smooth. I liked him. <laughs> you you were the first person to say don't put him in the party. No, I wasn't. No, oh, yeah. I said put you him in the party. No, you ben said the was opposite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Geez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, ben, ben fought ben for this fought poor guy. There. Yeah, sorry, Ben. No, it's okay. Uh, Ben will be at the service. Who was in the Brad seat? I guess that was Huber. All right, Huber. (laughs) You get the right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. 
You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you would like to promote. You get to uh, the final word, anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, and you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. Chill. Uh, at Michael P. Hubert. Um, too chill. Too chill. <laughs> too chill. <laughs> What's too the chill. next one? Uh, any video you want to promote? <laughs> any video? Uh, any video I want to promote? I don't know. Um, Man, you guys got any? Come on. <laughs> I mean, Jones just did the one I would have, like, promoted, the video on the studio. Do you have your own series on Easy Allies? Yeah. Have you ever promoted always- one episode of this series? Maybe. <laughs> I like supporting your guys' stuff. I know you do. <laughs> what was, uh... Keep here? This week... Okay, then Then this week's Syndrome is a jolly one. What's it's, Syndrome? Uh, my show where I talk about my game, the games that I love and right it's called, now. it's called Syndrome? Huber Syndrome. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just like what I'm craving, what I'm loving in the moment, and uh, for this week it is web swinging in Spider-Man. And that is it. That's all we did. The episode is not about Spider-Man. Yeah. It's about web swinging in Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It was really jolly. Yeah. Check it out. That'll be up uh, Wednesday for patrons. Thursday for everyone else. Cool. Uh, Final word. Anything you want to impart upon the audience? Um, Video games is a tough business. Losing your job sucks. You know, we criticize games. Um, We praise games. At the end of the day, you know. Never forget that human beings are the ones making these things. That's it. No trademark sign-off for the devs. What do you mean you let them out? Turned out to be a koala.